I'm so happy about being here and just let me sum everything up. Everything that Frankie does, he learned from me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. no, seriously, uh, he asked me to come for a reason, and that was that um, he's not really uh, as unbalanced as I am when it comes to end times. He's more of a balanced man, and as I mentioned during the first and second service, I showed him something of end times as I always do, and as a watchman on the wall, if you would, or an end times person, as maybe some of you are, uh, we get on the nerves of our family, friends, and neighbors, and relatives. Everything's end times to us, even with the, uh, the Astros going to the World Series was end times. <laughs> Surely that's the sign of the end times. The end of the world is coming. And uh, when I sent Frankie a video, my son a video, um, I, you know, it, usually it's going to be uh, a, a gratuitous thank you, Daddy, kind of a thing, but uh, this is not really my thing because he's just so sick and tired of um, Chicken Little, uh, the, the sky is falling kind of a thing, and I'm sure that you understand the need for balance. Uh, however, when I sent him this one video and other things as well, um, his other side of his life, uh, which is even more balanced than he is, is Allie. Allie is, um, she's pretty tough to convince uh, about end times stuff. She believes in the end times, but uh, she's probably like many of you. You're just sick and tired of, you know, conspiracy theories and things that don't fit, and it's like a jigsaw puzzle. And when Frankie saw this video that I sent, this is actually not the original one, this is one that he picked out, but it's basically the same thing. He looked at that video and he went, uh-oh, Allie? And he called Allie over and Allie looked at it and goes, based upon that video and that setting of scripture in Revelation chapter 12, there is definitely no straining uh, of gnats and no um, trying to fit something that doesn't fit there. That, that is an end times event that took place or that is going to take place at the time, uh, uh, the end of the world, or as we know it, for the rapture or for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So he said to me, Dad, you need to come to our church and preach that here. I said, I'd be glad to. So I would have came anyways, even though he wasn't going to get into this Iron Man thing. I would have came to do it, and he would have just sat in the audience um, uh, my pastor also, um, Randy Clark, you've heard him preach before. He's not as unbalanced as I am on this. So let me just say it that way. Let me just throw myself under the bus here. I, when it comes to end times, this is it for me. Ever since 1978, those of you that fish and hunt and camp to get away from it all, well, my getting away from it all is time to study end times. Because that's, that's where my candy stick is. And I've been preaching around the country since 1978 on, actually on this stuff. Although I, the stuff I know now, I did not know then. Uh, because it's just being now revealed by the Lord. And it was opened up little by little, here a little, there a little. So here is our itinerary. For the sermon, what we're going to do is I'm going to open up with some scriptures. Then I'm going to show you that short video that I showed your pastor, Frankie. Maybe you've already seen the video, but uh, allow me to, number three, pull in some other areas that I feel are directly connected to the end times. Uh, I don't have that much time um, to cover a lot. Uh, I would love to come maybe on an off-service morning or, or afternoon or night or something. Maybe I can do part two and I don't have to be worried about time and I can just dump on you for about two hours 
until you can't take it anymore, until you're under the pews and you're saying, please, no, well, we can't take it anymore. I would love to do that, and I offer my services for free because I, I just believe in this. And, and lastly, I've written two books on end times and four books on marriage and family. The reason why I didn't bring any of my books on this particular subject, and it's called, the book is called The Church of the Left Behind, is because the Amazon books, though I had that book at number three on the bestseller list with Amazon books on the prophecy category, now they're selling it way cheaper than I can sell it. I, for me to sell it to you, to make five bucks, I would have to sell it for ten dollars. They're selling my book for $1.42. What's up with that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, anyways, if you want to get the book, um, there's other books there as well. Um, that just goes, I probably make a 25 cents off of it, but I'm trying to make it easier for you. So please, uh, the name of the book is called The Church of the Left Behind. There's another one there at Zen Times as well, and that was before ISIS came on the scene, so it's very prophetic, and I try to keep it under 100 pages, and the name of that book is called Meet the Beasts, M-E-E-T, Meet the Beasts. All right, let's get right into this, if that's all right with you. Let's open up to the scriptures in question, which is Revelation chapter number 12, and I'm going to read four verses of scripture in Revelation chapter 12. Here it is. And there appeared a great wonder or a great sign in heaven. This is a constellation that's going to be shown to us. Well, I did not know that this was actually a, an event or a constellation back in 1978. A woman clothed with the sun. This is Virgo, the constellation Virgo, clothed with the sun and the moon at her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Verse 2, it says, And she being with child cried, we'll explain that in a minute, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Verse 3, and, and there appeared another wonder or a sign in heaven, which is pretty much right along the side of the other constellation. Here's another one. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns. We're not going to really get into this part of the scripture, but this is actually just happened at the beginning of the month. And seven crowns upon his heads. Verse 4, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman. I can explain all of this so beautifully if I had the, uh, another opportunity. So just bother Pastor Frankie and say, we want to hear part two, uh, which was ready to be delivered for, to devour her child as soon as it was born. I want to bring to you right now that video that we're going to be speaking about here today. Lights, camera, action. On September 23rd, 2017, the sun, moon, and stars will align to fulfill a 2,000-year-old prophecy. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Before you click off this video, I understand there's been many false predictions, false prophecies over the years. This is different. Bear with me and see. First, you need to understand that God made the sun, moon, and stars, and they all obey his order. 
By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades, or loose the bands of Orion? Canst thou bring forth Masroth in a season? So we see here that God himself says that he moved the constellations. They obey his ordained order. There's many more verses. Please pause the video to see them. They'll also be in the description. Okay, so we have the constellation Virgo clothed with the sun. And then, as you can see here, the moon is under her feet, and above her head is the nine stars from the constellation Leo, plus the three planets that align perfectly. And to fulfill the birth prophecy, you have Jupiter that stays in the womb for nine months. Absolute precision. Another thing you must realize is this is not astrology. This is the lost knowledge of biblical astronomy. Stick with me, and you'll see. Let's start at the beginning and see what God said. And let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Jesus himself said that when he returns, there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. Think about this. If God wanted to speak to all his children across the entire earth and speak to them all at once in the same universal language, how would he do it? Look at Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. When Jesus was born, it was marked in the stars. The three wise men saw his star in the east and knew of it. What makes you think his second coming would be any different? Isn't this sign just the retelling of Jesus' birth? And didn't he say no man knows the day of the hour? We look at Revelation 1.1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Revelation 1.1 shows us that the Father showed all things to Jesus when he ascended to the throne, and he showed us in the book of Revelation. Jesus himself, when he spoke to the churches, said that his believers, his followers, if they overcome and hold his words to the end, they would rule with a rod of iron. This is a very specific passage that connects Revelation 12 and a prophecy of what's going to happen for his believers. Alright, so are we just cherry picking a couple verses and trying to put a prophecy behind it? Or is this found anywhere else in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Unfortunately, we will not be able to read all these verses. Please feel free to pause and take a look at each one of these coinciding verses. Which are all pieces to this grand puzzle. Well, what does it all mean? No one knows exactly. What's very interesting is the language that is used in Revelation 12 where the child is caught up unto God. The word caught up is the Greek word harpazo. It's the same word used in Thessalonians when Paul describes the rapture. We are not saying this is what's going to happen, but it is certainly intriguing and worthy to be aware of. The main message is to know that this alignment has not happened in the last 2,000 years since its prophecy. While it's imperative to know that this ministry is not date-setting, the facts are the facts. This alignment is set for September 23rd, 2017. Some have run the numbers, and the odds of this are in the trillions. And just 33 days before September 23rd, on August 21st, a total eclipse cuts the United States in half, which is extremely rare and we feel is very prophetic. So again, to quickly recap, you have a woman clothed the sun, the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars above her head, who just gave birth after a nine-month pregnancy. Please know this is barely even scratching the surface of how in-depth all this is. Please visit this channel and many others, especially Scotty Clark, who has done all the research for you. A link to Scotty's channel and all other watchmen will be available in the description box below.
So I leave you with this. The evidence is at hand. Do you know Jesus Christ? Is he your savior? Have you asked him for forgiveness of your sins? Because I assure you, time is running out. And if you have not accepted Jesus yet as your savior, I invite you to now. Because if you confess that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead and is your savior, you will be saved. So let's try to understand this. The name of this lesson or the name of this sermon is really called The Great Sign. When I call it the great sign, this is certainly the greatest astrological or astronomical sign that is provided in the Bible in my lifetime. It's said up in that video that this alignment of Virgo actually happened 2,000 years ago, but that's arguable. There are others that have said that this has never happened before. But if it has happened during the time of Jesus Christ, that's wonderful. But I can show you a website to go to that moots all arguments that this has happened more than once. It has not happened more than once. This has only happened once, arguably twice, in the history of mankind. And you can use a software to actually see what years that these planets and these stars are actually aligned in a certain way that God is trying to show, not the world, but God is trying to show his church. You see, this is a sign this is a, like a sign on the road. You're driving, and it says Beltway 8 up ahead, two miles. I'm glad that we have signs like that in Houston because I would hate for the signs to be Beltway 8 here, exit right now. It's too late. I went right past it. And that is what this is all about. It, yes, it did happen on the 23rd. And there were folks in my church that actually thought, in spite of the fact that I told them, nothing's going to happen this very day. I was actually at a football game watching my daughter with the Silver Stars uh, performing on, on the football field during this alignment of the planets on Israel time because I knew that this was a sign that was something up ahead. But in spite of that, I had some folks in my church, one lady, uh, God bless her, she's a close friend of the family, she got her beach chair out in her driveway, she laid down on it and she looked up and she wanted to watch it all night long. Problems with this is number one, this is a sign that nothing's going to happen at that very moment. Number two, this is for only the city of Jerusalem. Only Jerusalem could see this alignment of the planets, the alignment of these, uh, these stars. It was for the Jewish people. Uh, and so in spite of that, for everyone that mocked and said, see, Pastor Maz, nothing happened. Uh, I, I've got to say that even when folks say that to you and I, that's a fulfillment of the scripture for those that are, well, less, less believing that there's something coming in way of Jesus Christ. I refer to 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 3 through 4. It says this, knowing this first, or in another rendition it says, above all, above everything else, remember this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers or mockers or people that are cynical or critical of what I'm doing right now, walking after their own lusts, and here it comes, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Where is the second coming of Christ? Where is your rapture that you're always talking about? Because you are chicken little, Pastor Maz. You're always hearing something. You're always seeing something. For since the fathers fell asleep, that means since the, the writers of the Bible, meaning Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or maybe Isaiah through Daniel, the major prophets, and all the way through to Malachi for the minor prophets, or the anti-Nicene fathers. Since these writers and since these fathers have fallen asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. 
Well, I understand that. Things are the same since the beginning of creation. But here is why that also excites me in way of revelation, because watchmen are never, ever deterred. We're always watching, we're always listening. Can I get an amen from anybody? Yeah. Is there any watchers in this congregation at all? There's got to be a few of you crazies along with me that drive everybody nuts. If it wasn't for us, no one would be talking about the second coming. If you go to, and I didn't send this back there, but if you go to, write this in your notes, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says that those people that love and watch for his appearing, as obsessed as we are, the Bible says just because you have that attitude, he is going to give you a crown of righteousness just because you want and love his appearing. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for him to get here. I'm very, very antsy about him getting here. I know that there are some young girls that probably want the, to get, have a wedding first, then the rapture, or get a, get a raise first. There's nothing that I want to come before the rapture. Nothing. I, I would be happy for it to happen right this very second. Uh, but obviously it didn't happen that very second. And so, because uh, we're all still very much here. And, and, and so when I say that this was a sign, and that something was not supposed to happen that, at that moment, that planetary arrangement is still in its motion even through the first week of November. This is a sign for something that's coming down the road for you to say, he's encouraging us. He's re-verifying. He's validating his words. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to come back for you. I came the first time. I'm going to come back the second time. Can anybody say amen at all? And, and I say that to all of us here that are waiting on him. There are some things that came before this sign, the sign of this constellation, about this baby being born. What does this mean? I'm confused, Pastor. What, what do you mean about this whole constellation? Well, this baby being born can mean four things. Here's the woman, Virgo. She's having a baby. This has never happened before in the constellations. Revelation chapter 12 tells us to take a look at it because this is the last day. What are the possibilities? Number one, it can be the sign that the rapture is about to take place because there's a catching away. Number two, it can mean the second coming. That's Jesus returning to the earth. Number three, it can mean that the church comes to an awakening. An awakening is like a revival on steroids. An awakening is when, well, it's happened a few times. It's happened in the early 1900s in California. It's called the Azusa Street Revival. It's happened in Kentucky in years gone by, back in the 1800s. And it's happened in Scotland. In Scotland, in one particular place, there was a church of 110 people with 110 seats. And an awakening hit that town. And people were being healed of terrible sicknesses. And even the dead were risen, blinded eyes were open, and the deaf heard. And a hundred, no, I'm so, so, so sorry. Of the 110 seats of that church, that Sunday morning, 10,000 people showed up at their front door. It was an awakening. Let's all say an awakening. So that could be point number three. It was either the, it's a revival, I mean, the rapture is about to take place. Number two, the second coming of Jesus Christ may take place. Number three, it may be an awakening because God knows we need one more chance for the whole world to see the glory and the, and the power of God before his terrible coming. Because the second coming is going to be a terrible, terrible thing 
for the wicked and for the evil and for the world. Or number four, it can be a nothing burger. That everything that we're saying right now has nothing to do with Revelation chapter 12. That we just made it up and it's like a jigsaw or we tried to fit a piece into a, a round piece into a square hole or, or vice versa. But I don't think so. And I don't think so because of what I'm about to show you. Do you remember about a year, a year and a half ago, we were talking around the kingdom of God. We were talking about the four blood moons. I'm not going to get into the blood moons because if you don't know about it at this point, you're going to have to do your own research, which I encourage you to do anyways. In my church, I encourage everyone to research end times because I, I may not be the pastor for everybody or the bishop for everyone because if you see me, I'm going to be talking about end times. If you see me, I'm excited about the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the blood moons were something that took place uh, a year, year and a half ago and overlapped high holy days of the Jewish holidays. And it was unique, and it's only happened a few times in the history of our studying. However, during this blood moon, something happened. And that was this, that in the Middle East, there were not hundreds, not thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but millions of displaced refugees, immigrants fleeing ISIS, fleeing an anti-Christ spirit, because they were killing Christians, killing Jews, and killing everybody beheading them. Who thought in 2016-17 that you would see beheadings? But nevertheless, this took place for the first time in my lifetime, where people were fleeing to the mountains, according to Matthew 24, fleeing to the mountains, according to Luke chapter 23. Yes, Luke chapter 21 also. This was something that was unprecedented. This is what happened during the blood moons. You say, Pastor, is that all you've got? No, no, no. Right after that, and you saw that during the video, there was a unique eclipse, a full, total eclipse to the United States of America in our territories. And that happened just last month, just some weeks ago. A full, 99 years ago, full, total eclipse that went from the northwest to the southeast. And then amazingly, or rather ironically enough, there's going to be another one seven years later from the northeast, and it's going to travel all the way to the southwest. Then you're not going to see a total eclipse for a long time after that. So there's one with seven years uh, of a space of time and then another one. Amazing. So I immediately started doing some research. So where the X marks the spot, I wanted to know what city was under that. And I began to research. And I noticed I didn't have to do a lot of my work because there was a lot of folks already there doing some of the work for me. So I did a lot of YouTubing then, and I found out, which we don't have a lot of time for, but X marks the spot, there was that whole area is called Little Egypt. So I thought, okay, seven years of plenty, seven years of famine, maybe, I don't know. Maybe this is going to be a good example of what the Lord is going to just help the United States of America. But the Lord showed me at the beginning of the year, and I think I told this church as well, that the Lord spoke to me and said that this is going to be the year of the church, not the year of the world that this is going to be a terrible, terrible time for the world, but a good time for the church. But it's going to be very deceiving, because for those of you that got hit by the flood, you're going to say, well, that wasn't good for the church. Well, on the contrary, I got hit by the flood, and it changed my life in a very positive way. I stopped doing a lot of the things that I used to do, like watching TV, going to the movies, and, and a lot of the extemporaneous things like that. And I, and I have given myself over to studying and memorizing and praying, and fasting. I spend my days doing that because the Lord spoke to me during that flood that I'm baptizing the city of Houston. 
that I'm coming with a great awakening to the city of Houston, that I'm calling my righteous and I'm setting them aside. And so he reminded me of the scriptures. Let the righteous be righteous still and let those that are evil, let them be evil still. In other words, I'm going to set a gap, a great gap, that you're going to see clearly who the good people are and who the bad people are. Because the Bible says that God's not going to kill those people that are in the middle or, or, or they're just sitting on the fence. He's coming to kill the evil and the wicked during the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so when this flood hit my home, I lost my home and I lost three cars. And, and uh, we, we won't get back into our homes until, until Christmas. I didn't share this with the first two services because I didn't have the time for it. But it's changed my life. And maybe, maybe, I know that you didn't have much flooding out here, but maybe just maybe something has caused you to get more attention toward the second coming of Jesus Christ. I went back to my old roots. See, I used to preach like a black man. When I was younger, I used to preach until I used to put my back into it. And then I started to see that churches were growing fast by doing content only. So I stopped doing that. And I kind of got away from the King James. And I went back to all this old stuff again. I went back to preaching like, and shucking the coin like T.D. Jakes, and who's my favorite preacher. And I went back to my my King James Version. You say, well, is that the Holy Bible? I said, I know that the other, there's other versions just as good, but I used to say this old, back in, the, back in the 70s when I used to preach, I used to say, if the King James Version was good enough for Paul and Silas, it's good enough for me. Of course, that's ridiculous because there was no Bible in those days, but it's, I'm just going back to my roots. And I think that I would suggest that you do the same thing. Why don't you go back to your roots? Why don't you go back to the things where you were following the Lord much more aggressively? Can you say praise the Lord to that? And so this eclipse thing, let's all say eclipse. The eclipse that came, well, something happened after that first eclipse. It was just days later that we saw floods at record-breaking levels, earthquakes uh, at record-breaking levels, especially in the Gulf Coast area, fires in California, hurricanes and tornadoes. You know all this. This is not something that you need to, to re-go over. The eclipse brought some terrible things to us. You say, well, Pastor, maybe that has nothing to do with each other. I believe it does. Because if you couple it with point number three, that we're seeing wars and rumors of wars, like you get that little short, fat uh, Kim guy, that little boy, fat boy, that's over there in, in North Korea. That he needs to, he needs to be spanked. He's practicing blowing the world up. He's practicing blowing up the United States. We're going to get this right. And we're practicing blowing up anybody else. We're going to blow up everybody. Uh, we are seeing wars and rumors of wars. And according to Luke chapter 21, and let me read this to you again. Luke 21 verses 25 through 28. Uh, it was referred to in the video as what I'm saying before. And it says this. And there shall be signs in the sun. Well, we just saw that and in the moon, and in the stars, blood moons, constellations, star alignments, and upon the earth, distress of nations. There are more bombing bunkers that are being made now in 2017 than they were being made after and during the Second World War. When we were all, those of you that are my age, we had an old saying, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. I don't know, maybe you guys remember that. Everything was all communist. And I spent 10 years in the military during the Cold War. 
And uh, my father, before he passed away at 38 years old, when he was a teenager in Boston, he used to build bunkers in people's backyards. He was making a killing, $200 a bunker. Now, in those days, $200 was a lot of money, but we were getting ready for the big one. Well, it does not compare to the distress of the nations now. The distress on earth of nations and the perplexity and the sea and the, wave, the waves roaring. This has really a lot to do with, with what we saw in way of floods and way of tsunamis and things like that. But that's not really what the scripture is saying here. What the scriptures are saying here is that the oceans and the seas are representative of the perplexity of the masses of people. And we're seeing that everywhere. Everywhere everyone is looking for a leader. No one likes and trusts anybody. The countries in Europe, they're upside down. And uh, don't get me started on the United States of America. I'm a very patriotic man. I, I was an Eagle Scout. I, uh, I've served the Lord for 40 years this January and, and, and to the community and the ministry. I, I served 10 years in the military. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a very patriotic guy. But when I see what is going on now with the unlawfulness, I know I'm in the last days. Take a look at this. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth because they see it coming. Even the world sees it coming. For the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then, here it is, everyone, and then shall they see the Son of Man, that's Jesus Christ, coming in a cloud with power and glory. Great glory. Uh, great glory. Uh, and, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. This is what you've been waiting for. I know that some of you, you don't like this. My wife doesn't like this. In, in our lobbies, when I'm doing end times, and I do end times a lot, you see the regulars get, picking up their stuff and walking right out the door. They're not bad people. They're good people. They just get anxious. They're nervous. Some of them sit it out in the lobby until the music starts back up again. I'm, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not preaching to them to get back into the sanctuary. They're just missing it. The rapture is an escape for you. It's an escape for me. You see, God said, I have not reserved the wrath for my children. That's reserved for the evil and the wicked. He says, pray that you'll be taken before tribulation comes. You see, there were two illusions. There were two, not illusions, but illusions or alludings that took place in the Bible. The first one was that you can liken it unto this. You're saying, well, pastor, I don't feel like there's something happening. I don't feel it in my gut that something's about to take place. Well, here's the first illusion. Number one, it says clearly in the Bible that just before the rapture, people will be eating and drinking and marrying. Not one of those things is bad. All three are good. In other words, no one's going to know. It's going to be a normal day, like right after a wedding or right after going to Luby's. You're not going to beat the Baptist. It's going to take a while for me to be finished here. I got two minutes and 41 seconds. I'm doing the best I can with what little I have to work with here. You're just going to have to face it. You're going to have to just be late. But here, here it is, everyone. Uh, that's number one. And number, number two, there's another illusion that, that not only will it be just a normal day, that it will come on you suddenly. Let's all say suddenly. You're not going to have a gut feeling at the very last second. Number two, it's like as of the days of Noah. The Bible says very clearly 
that only eight people were, they made it. Out of an estimated 250 million people that died, including all the mammals and all those animals that required to breathe and that could not breathe underwater, all of them died, which kind of moots the whole idea when you tell me, Pastor, everybody's doing it. Well, everybody was doing it then, and everybody died. Only eight lived, and their last name needed to be Noah. The third point I want to bring to you is the other illusion is, is Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was two cities that were very, very evil. And there was just one family in those two cities that were connected to Abraham. And, and it was, the daddy's name was Lot, L-O-T. And he had a wife, and he had some kids, daughters, and they were married. And he sent angels, God did, to, to get them out of, that, out of there before he rained fire and brimstone on those two cities. So he, he got them out of there. Well, he got some of them out of there, but they, they fought tooth and nail. They didn't want to go. They didn't believe it. They laughed, just like many are laughing at you right now. They mocked Lot, but the angels dragged them out. Of course, the wife turned around because she forgot, her, figured she forgot, she forgot something, <laughs> and she turned into a pillar of salt. <laughs> she turned, she, oh, I hate when she does that. And then they, they run to the mountaintop. And, and, and then more sin happened in the mountains, and that's a whole long story in itself. My point is, is that I believe in a mid-tribulation rapture or a pre-tribulation rapture because of these illusions. Number one, they were in the boat. They were in the ark seven days before the first drop of rain fell. They were safe in the ark. And the Bible says that Noah didn't close the door. That movie was so full of it. It was God that shut the door. Can you say praise the Lord to that? The reason why God has to shut the doors is because you and I are going to keep opening it. We did our cat get in here. Where's Tootsie, Tootsie, where's Snowball? Come on, Snowball. Come on. When God shuts the door, nobody's going to come in. It's your neighbor. I changed my mind. I believe it. It's our neighbor. Come on. She's, come on. Come on in. No, no, no. God shut the door before the rains. And then with Sodom and Gomorrah, God got the families out of Sodom and Gomorrah before he rained fire and brimstone. I'm telling you, I did not put those illusions together. God did through the books of Peter. And, and Peter said these words that it was likened unto Sodom and Gomorrah in the days of Noah. So I, I bring to you today this constellation, a sign. He's coming real soon. And also I bring to you the eclipse. Saying that not so much, Pastor. Okay, I give you that. I bring to you the four blood moons. Not too sure what the four blood moons are, but I'm going to check on it. Not so much on that one. But what about that constellation? About that baby being born? About that catching away? What about that one? What are we going to do with a sign so obvious as that? I close with this. I'm not good at directions. I'm directionally impaired, literally. Whenever I go to some place that's new, I always bring one of my daughters. They sit there with a the cell phone, make a left, make a right, because I can't do the GPS thing. I can't figure it out. I don't know what's going on. The screen cuts in half, and I can't make it move. It moves underneath. It's got a little stupid thing on there. I don't know what's going on. And she helps me. They help me. I'm trying to help you. I'm in your back seat right now. I'm telling you, two miles up, is the beltway. You're going to be making a left and a right. Here's what I'm telling you. The Lord's coming back. Let's all stand.
you all can just close your eyes and bow your heads. Father, I, I pray for open ears. Let the husbands, the men of the house, change their ways and say, it's time for me to watch. Let the men that have been checking the doors, making sure they're locked, and the ladies that have been checking the windows to make sure that they're locked, let them start checking their spiritual doors now. Let him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let him that have eyes to see, let him see, let her see what the Lord is about to do. Let these signs and wonders in the universe, in the heavens, be an alert to those of us that the Lord has chosen to be a watchman on the wall. I proclaim in Jesus' name, the Lord is coming back, and he's coming back soon. In Jesus' name, and everybody said in Jesus' name.